Well, hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, one of my very favorite hours of the week where I come to you live and I bring you authors or speakers or friends or writers that are sharing their message with the world. These are people on par with the notion that we live by particular stories. Some of these people have been in my own writing courses, and many of the people I bring your way have been very instrumental in helping me stay aligned with my own spiritual life mastery. And today is no exception. I'm, I'm looking very, very forward to today's show. I want to do just a little bit of housekeeping before we jump in and let you know that I have created some really fun ways for you to dive even deeper into the writing that you're doing now or maybe just the writing you want to get back to. Every year I offer a mastermind. And I know that sounds like a really funny word. Like what what do people do? Sit around with aluminum cans on their heads and <laughs> what is a mastermind? But really it's it's a great environment for just an intimate group of people that have made very conscientious decisions to excel and it could be excelling in their business or excelling and getting that book written or really committing finally to having a weekly blog that is making money whatever it is we come together and i bring the best of what i've studied and what i've practiced from joseph campbell and alan cohen and robert holden and many others, and and it is my joy to host this event. I have one every year, and the one for 2020 is going on right now, but the one for 2021, I've decided I'm, I'm going to launch her in January. I, re- I really love doing it in January, because, I don't know, September is a great time for me to start something fresh. It kind of feeds into my background of of teaching college students for so many years, almost 25 years now. And and January, like many of us, it it seems like a time for resolution. But I don't really like resolutions. I I like the notion of just deep reflection and and really owning my decisions and owning my commitments. And January seems to be a great time to do that. Not to resolve the last year, but more or less to claim the the current year. So January 4th, I'm going to kick off the new mastermind. And you only have to answer three questions to be considered for the mastermind. It's an easy process. But we are doing some real deep work, so it's not for the faint of heart. If you want to know more, the best way is to learn about this stuff by joining my newsletter. Why don't you head on over to www.coachdebbie.com 
and that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. And just just click on any of the options to book a call or to look into signature programs, anything like that. I keep it as simple as I possibly can. There's no middleman. There's no gimmicks. It's just us getting together with an intimate group of people, and the teaching begins. And people really, really make dedicated changes when they make those dedicated decisions. So that's what's coming up in January. You'll learn a lot more as the shows continue throughout the rest of the year. And I'm also going to be bringing people on to the shows in 2020 as we finish up the year who I will be inviting to speak at the 2021 Mastermind. This guest included, whether he knows it or not, he will be someone that I will be inviting to speak there because it's always good to have additional perspectives. And it has been a little while since I've brought in a guest. I'd say part of this is due to our our little pandemic <laughs> and, and the fact that I love to bring people to the studio, to meet Eric, the engineer, to just be in the environment of really getting serious about our content and putting our best efforts out to reach you. But I've also... I've also been a little timid about bringing on new authors that just are not really having the experience and the exposure and the opportunities to really lift up their platform right now. I'm finding that I really love to be with people that are actually engaged in what they're writing about. It makes for great conversations, and it allows us to serve you at the highest level. And my guest today is no exception. He is someone that I have followed for a short time, but I've known his name for a long time. He has worked side-by-side with one of my spiritual mentors and friends, Robert Holden, who you often hear me quote on this show I've learned so much in the last six years studying from Robert and and being a, a client of his and and just participating in his events where I got to really experience the depths of my own learning. Well, Ian Lynch, who I am bringing to you today, has worked side by side with Robert since 2003. Ian is also a happiness expert, and if you don't know what that is, you're going to understand that better by the end of the show. He has appeared on BBC Breakfast TV, on Channel 5 News, on various radio shows as a part of Robert's happiness um, projects and success intelligence. Ian is an NLP Master Practitioner Coach, and I brought him to the show today because he has recently, very, very recently, put his book into the world called Rights of Man. 
And this is, like it sounds, it's a book of rites of passage, and it it's for you guys, you dudes, you men, and it's for those of us that love you. <laughs> but I'm really, really hoping that we will be hearing from the men today. So many of my topics attract the women. I want to hear from you men. And I want to acknowledge, Chris, I got your letter. We will be taking uh, your concern very, very deep about turning 50. And Paul, we will be getting to you, hopefully Andrew as well. And if you are listening today, I want to invite you to consider calling in or writing in to speak with Ian and myself. We are here to take your calls about anything that you might be associating with the rites of passage, let alone ideas that are in his book. Thing, things around respect, around masculinity, around integrity, Maybe the issues of what what does brotherhood really mean? What does it mean to live with and try to be at peace with judgment? How do we gain new perspectives around our own honesty, our own character? How do we just go to work? How do we be married? How do we be in the world as that man and as that woman that we desire to be. If you have questions about this, want to enter the conversation, I want to encourage you to call in today or to write to me on Facebook Messenger. And if you want to know the numbers for calling in, I'm going to leave that up to Eric, my awesome sound engineer, who's going to come right on and give you those numbers. How you doing today, Eric? Hey, good afternoon, Debbie. Yes, I'm... Uh... I'm doing okay. <laughs> Can't wait for this smoke to clear, but aside from that, doing pretty good. And yeah. I would love to give out those phone numbers for you. So if folks want to call in, 425-373-5527 is the number. Again, that's 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington here, 888-298-KKNW. That's 888-298-KKNW. 5569. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. I I used to be really good at remembering numbers. <laughs> <laughs> now I just leave it up to you. So thank you so much for that. I think we all used to be good at remembering numbers when we didn't have cell phones to uh, be our kind of crutch. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I have a wonderful crutch now. It's called your contacts list. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yes, yes. And and just for everyone listening today, because we are getting a nice stream of questions, I'm only going to take one break today, and that's going to be exactly at half past the hour, just for a couple minutes, so we can make sure to get in everyone's questions. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show the author of the card deck and the book, Rights of Men, Ian Lynch. Welcome. How are you today, my friend? Well, good. Good morning. Good <laughs> afternoon. I'm very well, thank you. 
you you are really a trooper to be up at midnight to have a live call. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure. I feel that even though I I said we could do a pre-record, I was I was so happy when you jumped right at the opportunity to do it live because I like the energy of live. And I, I feel that, that you will too. You have been someone leading men's circles for some time. You've you've really taken your own story that I knew I know grew out of your your upbringing with your father and your grandfather. And I would just love for you to tell us a little bit about what was it what was it like to come to understand the role models or lack of role models you had and then decide that you would create men's circles? Well, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, an interesting thing, saying about a mentor, because I reached the age of, I would say, about 16, 16 to 17, before I first was aware that I was in front of a man who was mentoring me. Uh-huh. And he uh, he was a, a wonderful man called James Kingham, who was uh, a high court judge and been a barrister. And he'd been involved in taking young offenders, climbing and uh, and introducing them to a new world, people out of London, taking them out into the hills. And that was very controversial in its day. And... Uh, and James sadly passed away in, a, in an accident, and at his uh, um, memorial service, there was a wonderful story of uh, somebody burglaring by abseiling down a building, and when they got caught, they said, the judge taught me all I know. But this man was just fantastic because he really cared about young men and in giving them you know, an opportunity to really understand what it takes to be, you know, wise and what it takes to take responsibility, what it takes to have integrity and to, you know, look after your fellow brothers and uh, and have respect, of course, for women too. Because um, I grew up in a, in a family where we didn't hug and there was no mm. I love you and my, my father was a person who had grown up with a, a, a father who'd unfortunately um being well a very heavy drinker slash alcoholic who would get you know violent and and you know whether or not that made my father just afraid or just unable to show emotions of love it, there was no cuddling no hugging no loving praise and so it's very difficult uh, and I, I i became more sort of rebellious in my way of dealing with that but I, I just had no, you know, no sense of what it meant and no rites of passage at all, you know, to transition from a young boy to even being a young man. You know, it was just a, a blur in, in changing schools, really. And, uh, and of course, I hadn't a clue um, about my own behavior, really, and in terms of, of, of any sense of, of shift and change. And, uh, and and so really, you know, James was an eye opener for me because he was a man who cared and was sh- sowing seeds, reading poems, you know, Rudyard Kipling, things like this that were 
transformative and encouraging and uh, and he would he would give you responsibility at an early age and that that was that was something that I wasn't used to and, and a lot of people around James weren't so it sowed seeds that then really came to fore I suppose about 20-25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and so much of what you tell me and what some of my other favorite authors share is that where it all began with us feeds into the purpose and the life work that we want to do. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, this is, you know, it's not like you go to school and say, I'm going to write a book about men. I mean, it, you know, right. that would be laughed out of court, of course. It just wouldn't have been, you know, we were very sort of homophobic, really, in, in, in my generation around, you know, getting too sort of sentimental or talking about behavior even. <laughs> you yeah, know, absolutely. You know, good or bad. I mean, that was it, really. That was the metric. And so... It was actually in my um, late 30s when a good friend of mine said it's time that you really made peace with your father that got me thinking about it. And uh, and, I, and I realized at the time I wanted to hear and get into conversation with other men about their experiences, you know, not just with their father, but life in general, uh, you know, women, mm-hmm. um, career and uh, you know, and and various other things, and the pressures that you know about what it mean, meant to be a man. I mean, bringing the money in, um, being strong, be the one to run in and rescue, and so on and so forth. So, I started a men's group nearly twenty years ago with that intention, and that's how this whole thing really started to generate to the day five years ago when I, I thought, wouldn't it be a a really cool idea? to create a card deck and a book for men and something very different to pick a card on maybe anger to pick a card on on sex to pick a card on money to pick a card on purpose on integrity on the warrior on vulnerability mm-hmm. which would be the final pretty much the final card that uh, got into the deck and that was it funny enough to realize that even vulnerability you know was something that somehow I, I had had a blind spot on in in, in writing about and, and once I got into that really you know I thought wow of course this really is the fundamental point of this is to be able to be open to talk about where you're at really and, and of course I'm very intrigued to see what people calling into the show and writing and might have to say about that about being vulnerable to where you're at in your life in a, mm. in a sensible way yes absolutely in fact we have a question from paul who wrote in and it's a bit it, it it links to vulnerability i can just jump right in if you would like and read sure. what he has absolutely. sent in um One thing he says is, I am a man's man, as you know, Debbie. (laughs) And this, Paul is somebody that I do know. I haven't worked with him for some time, but he has a military background and he's worked formally in security and wears the uniform, all of this. Um, But one thing he says in his note is, I have always thought of forgiveness as something that women must do, not necessarily men. I think of 
of the man's role as we power through and claim our territory. And once that's done, we can see what is forgiven. For example, if I joust against my little brother and I win, whatever we were mad about is all forgiven. It's all over. But women, they do forgiveness differently. And I've never wanted to do it that way. But now as a newly married man, I'm coming to lessons that <laughs> lessons that scare me. <laughs> and you know how I don't like to use the word scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think Paul is being vulnerable here and saying that he's he is in his own way having a rites of passage. The the uh, the fencing <laughs> modality of forgiveness isn't going to work anymore. So what might what might you say to Paul? Well, hello, Paul. I you know I I smile because uh, it must have been about twenty odd years ago. I was on a course and uh, and, I, and at the end of it, I was talking to two guys. One of which was in the British had been in the British Special Services, um, the SBS. The, and uh, and I said I said to him, you know, sometimes it's difficult, you know, to be a man. And he said, No, it's not. You just get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I did laugh. Well, I mean, if only it was that simple, really, because you know, you know, and, and I hear that about the the forgiveness thing because, um, you know, I, I can relate to the fact that. Uh, you know, the way I was brought up, you know, you sort of demand an apology of, of anybody that really, you know, had somehow done something that had crossed your line, uh, of course, and, um, and not realizing that the, that the whole thing about forgiveness as you start to understand it is that it's actually sort of letting yourself off the hook of being tied to a wound. So actually, you know, from a sort of warrior perspective, the forgiving thing enables you to clear your mind so that you can then be fully alert and focused for what you have to deal with next. Yeah. If you're thinking about some something who that's you know annoyed you and that you you're still on your mind, then it's going to take away some energy. And and of course, in, in a in a marriage, if you're not careful, then that certainly can be sort of building up the well, you did this, you know, three years ago, and I still remember it. And so, it um, it really does serve a, a wonderful thing of of basically bringing you back to the moment. And and of course, it is a topic in this card deck. And and for me, I wanted to create this in a way that it was asking questions of you. So, um, Paul, or, or whoever was reading, you know, is reading the bickle or picking the cards. Because you know the card can maybe throw up um, exactly what you need, and of course it may it be just like uh, you know where may you have some unresolved judgments, you know grievances or hurts that maybe go back to the past. It may not be something to do with your partner even. You know it could be something you know in your childhood or teens, um, and then to ask you know what benefits will you get you know by letting this go. Um, mm. You know what would happen, and how would you be if this was known? It's sort of like Byron Katie type questions, as you might know, Debbie. Yeah. You know, in terms of what you would gain by by just letting this go, 
And quite honestly, it's a wonderful feeling when you, you know, because it's, it's almost like the little boy in us that we're trying to appease here that, that doesn't, didn't understand that, you know, this is mine, that's yours. And, and really just being able to override those early ways of thinking, you know, that is it really worth it? Do we need, really need to make a point again? Or can we just let it go? But the whole point of, of Rights of Man was really just to ask questions to yourself and, and see what answers come up for you. So, Paul, you know, I wish you every success and, and vulnerability. Is it a strength or a weakness? Well, I, I think it's a strength when it's used, you know, in, in a safe place. Yes, yes. Well said. And I love that you brought up the warrior archetype because that that definitely depicts Paul and many men that feel very strongly that they're open to the notion of forgiveness and vulnerability, but it is not something that is demonstrated to them. And what what many know is that shrugging it off should be enough. But you get to a point in your life where you realize that's not truly letting go at all. No, and and, and I think, you know, now we're into, you know, sort of, we're touching on the the edge of sort of PTSD here as well. You know, anybody that's, you know, put themselves on the line and and seen, you know, terrible things and maybe, you know, done something um, to harm another one, there, you know, there's definitely a piece of healing that's needed to, to release these traumas it's massive otherwise you know the the damage that it can do in in our lives so yeah absolutely the the forgiveness vulnerability letting go healing the whole essence of that of getting this out of our bodies and out of our psyche massively important yes it's not it's not something we just think through it's it requires being in community or working one-on-one with someone and it doesn't have to go on for a lifetime not at all but there are yeah there are definite definite chapters where if we get if if somebody's looking us in the eye and we're given that opportunity to just be real the healing the healing begins so paul i just want to thank you for for writing in i haven't heard from you at all this whole summer so it's good to know you're you're listening and i i love receiving your questions i want to open it up because we have time to take other questions we are going to go to a break right now but please stay tuned we will be right back Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. 
And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and it is my joy to come to you every Thursday at 4 o'clock and offer you an hour to think about these stories we live by. You know that my background is as a writing professor, and I loved mythology so much. But as I became more and more attuned to spirituality, I wanted to get away from from what the state could offer and get more into what I could offer to you through entrepreneurial workshops and experiences and bringing authors your way. So it is my joy to host this show. Today we are speaking with Ian Lynch, who completed his book, Rights of Man. It is available on Amazon. I want to make sure as well that you stay tuned to find out about his card deck that is coming out very soon. Personally, I love card decks. I leave them right by my bed. You just draw one in the morning. You can add it to your morning meditation while you're having your cup of coffee. It just grounds you in what you will start your day focused on. Ian Lynch, his name is just like it. It's spelled just like it sounds. It's I-A-N-L-Y-N-C-H. And you can learn about him at ianlynch.net, ianlynch.net. We just answered Paul's question a lot about, Ian was saying during the break, a lot about the brotherhood. And I really like that term, brotherhood. I think there are a lot of men that, Uh, Think of it as a bond of brute force. But Ian, I I have this sense that you could shed a little more light on what what is the brotherhood in tradition, but how do we sometimes transcend that into more of a spiritual concept? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, brotherhood obviously covers a whole range of different types of uh, groups of guys, but... uh, you know, the brotherhood I'm really talking about here is, you know, a brotherhood where, you know, that you can support each other through life's ups and downs. And, uh, you know, a healthy brotherhood is, is where you can share, you know, your hopes, your dreams, your feelings, your fears, um, your successes. You can laugh and pretty much cry. You're not going to be judged. You know, you're going to, it's trusted, you know, what stays in Vegas type of arrangement. And, and that's really the essence of a lot of modern uh, men's groups. And, and certainly uh, the one I started when, when I wanted to inquire, you know, that was very much the, you know, the, 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 the point that this is, a, this is a conversation where within reason, you know, we can share absolutely anything. And, uh, uh, and of course, it's, you know, it's, just, it's just great. It's just traditional. It's like sitting around the fire and indeed... The very when I left where I was living to to work with Robert Holden in London, I uh, the the last one I the last circle of brothers that we had together there were sixteen of us sitting around a fire, and at sort of this sort of time one o'clock in the morning still couldn't get rid of everybody because the conversation was <laughs> rich and deep and funny and light you know it's everything you know you can it's it's it's, it's just very natural uh, and of course we've we've got in our society, 
away from that really you know yeah we can have clubs and gatherings and sports things but that's not really talking the depth of life and being able to let everybody have their voice and and a share or and or just listen if they're you know they're not sharing anything so it's a very powerful thing to do and and quite frankly you know i'd advise it from it for any guy really you know to have a a group somehow or start one you know of a of a few guys that you can uh, you can trust to share your vulnerability and uh, and ask for ask questions or hear from someone else. It's nice to be in the role of you know of supporting as well. And of course, it shifts and changes. And that's again what Rights of Man was about. You know, life isn't isn't lives at one level. You know, one day we might be on a high, the next day, and we might not even know why we're feeling a little off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're touching on such important things here. I I went to a wedding about not quite a year ago um, for my friend Jennifer, who has written in today, and it was it was a beautiful wedding. I I got to see her and her husband in a different light around family members. And one thing I remember from the ceremony was the tightness that the groom had with all his groomsmen. They just, they seemed to all go back, you know, to those childhood days together. They'd, they'd been friends for many, many years. So, um, this, this question from Jennifer kind of touches on what we're speaking to here. And I, I think you can offer great perspective because I'm like her. I'm, I'm often in the clouds and, and just don't understand when things like this happen. But she says here, my husband and I don't have problems per se, but sometimes it comes out that he keeps things from me. And I I don't want to say it's a problem yet, but I do need help. For example, his doctor left a lengthy voice message on our home phone. And this is how I found out that my new husband had an MRI. Not a word to me, of course. So am I out of line wondering why I knew next? I'm still in my first year of marriage, but it felt disrespectful. I'm open to your author's interpretation. I want to be here to learn all I can. Uh, any insights for Jennifer on that? Well, that's a that's a great one. I mean, uh, yeah, I I, I have uh, obviously different opinions as to what might might be behind that, and and uh, and of course um, for Jennifer, yeah, I uh, it's really you know asking. The question without judgment, really, as to what that is about, because you know sometimes that's the, that's the protector in us that maybe we don't, you know, we're we're actually wanting to, you know, to find out for ourselves what's going on. Um, it could be, it could be that you know that's my that's the sort of private. It doesn't. It's not an offence thing going on here. It's that I don't want to give the the, the news until I know you know what the situation is why worry somebody especially my partner mm-hmm. uh, unnecessarily until i've got all the information so i'll just uh, you know get on with this and 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 keep it quiet so you know that 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 is a you know traditional male trait in some ways i would say 
um, if you look at it from that perspective. I don't think it's got anything to do with Jennifer whatsoever, but of course, um, it's an opportunity potentially, you know, to get more intimate and more trusting. I mean, one year of marriage is is, is very early in, in, in many ways, still finding a way. I mean, you often, I mean, I remember hearing of a man who, it was the guy who had rescued um, kids in the Second World War from, you know, from the Nazi Germany, some some young Jewish kids and, and smuggled them into, into in, got them into England from from Germany and his wife didn't know about it. Oh my. So 30 years after oh. being together when she was clearing out stuff in the loft. So it's not, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not an offensive thing. It's, it's just, you know, maybe the, the way this, you know, the husband is at the moment. But again, it's a, an approach with sensitivity, I would say, but in a way that, you know, that, that doesn't make him wrong. Um, just to you know just to you know open your arms i would say to him you know and uh with a smile maybe you know uh, and a reassurance perhaps that it's safe to share and mm. or and ask indeed you know why you know because it's not not a, not a wrong thing that he's done here really yeah yeah oh i really love your perspective on this ian when when Jennifer and she's sending you little hearts on Facebook Messenger right now, so um, when when she initially brought this up to me, my my little coaching mind turned on, and my first thought was it's it's so common for for us women in partnership to jump to that place of. I'm being disrespected in this moment and I have to find my way to the high road while I'm feeling disrespected. Darn it, darn it, darn it. <laughs> and it's it's such a, a difficult place to be. So I like your answer to her much better than the one I gave, which was start start inquiring, you know, what what it is that's going on and, and how can you be loving and available to him but you really you really gave us insight about the pride that a man has and and also the protection but because as women we don't often think that when someone's holding their cards so close to their chest as we say we don't often think we're being protected we we just you know I'm kind of taking on the whole female race here but but we often feel that uh we're that there's hiding not protection and mm. i i love your perspective here mm. yeah it's 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 such an interesting one really you know because as i say not a right or a wrong it's just understanding there may be a you know a slight difference between you know, being fully open and and, and chatty and, and just having a you know a degree of of sort of boundary and again it's it's a fine line between a, a person becoming a little too cold and putting up the you know the wall um as well um so you know there's there's going to be a melting somewhere in, in the middle there that i think would be you know the the, the good place for jennifer but uh, in a way that uh, that that isn't you know forcing any you know the, the partner to do anything he doesn't want to do and and of course it's 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 understanding trust there's many things we do, we don't know 
you know the the background of of why that that may be um but uh yeah absolutely sometimes keeping things close to our chest is, is you know is, is a very sort of traditional male way of being well and you're you're really tapping into the archetypes here and and I, I appreciate that so much. I, th- I think the rights of man is about helping, helping men and women understand the traditions of men and what is available by way of opening up to more, by, by way of really allowing self to know all of self. I don't know if I said that so well, but. You know what I mean? Yeah, and one, one thing to understand, I suppose, is as well with men is that when they do get together, sometimes you know the archetype of the fool uh, often comes out, and, uh, and and it can almost seem like men can regress into being you know little boys and teenagers running around doing <laughs> you know, playing jokes on each other, and it's almost like a competitive uh, you know competitive comedian sort of situation, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that archetype of the fool. I'm yeah. I'm with you. It's fun to watch for sure. <laughs> Very fun to watch. I wanted to ask you just a, a little bit about um if you'd be willing to draw one of your cards that that you I, I'm sure you're in love with them all. I, the few you've shared with me, I must say, I am so impressed with the, the visual images. I've I've put those on, on Facebook for people to get a little preview of, and, uh, one that I absolutely love is respect. It's um mm. two bowing in front of each other. I thought that was beautiful um i i loved the one um of peace so any of them that you might like to tell us about at this time so we just get a sense of what's the format of the card deck and and just a little bit of what is said on each card okay well the cards which will be available uh, certainly in, at the beginning of October, in October time. Um, they've just been finished. I mean, I originally, I was originally working with an artist friend of mine, um, but we parted company on the project last summer. And uh, and that actually gave me an opportunity to, just to reassess what I was doing with this in terms of some of the, the titles in, in, the, uh, in the book. And vulnerability wasn't one of them at that stage. But I, I've ended up with this this most wonderful woman that I definitely want to mention called Simona Noir, and Simona is is a, a tattoo artist by by trade, but a wonderful artist, and and we only met not so long ago, and uh, you know online actually, you know through uh, a friend who thought that Simona would be perfect for the cards because I tried different artists over you know the last sort of nine months uh got close with one or two but but not really in enough to progress to the point of having a really good set of cards and uh whereas simona she's really captured the you know the essence she's worked with the book and and some of the uh nuances of each particular card to then really flavor them and um 
So you asked me a question. I'm mean, probably it seems like I'm deviating. So I don't really have a favourite or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's again with the card deck. It's nice to pick a card and see what comes up for you um, in the moment, really. So the cards themselves have the image for the topic, whether it's anger or fear or resilience, and then. Uh, just the word of that particular card. So respect you mentioned. So then, then the book has the information in to go to, which has an overview. If you just want to look at that, it has a quote. It has some flavouring words. So respect is also acknowledgement, admiration, appreciation, honour, um, recognition, regard. You know, these are some of the words around respect. And then there's a description of, of, of what that means to practice respect, followed by the flip side, if we don't practice respect in our lives, you know, what that can mean to ourselves and others. Because if we don't have self-respect, we're hardly going to respect someone else or life around us. And, and then a summary. And then the self-inquiry questions, you know, what, you know, what does showing respect mean to you? Um, you know, what earns your respect? Mm-hmm. Where are you taking someone or something for granted and maybe not giving them your full respect? And of course, that's, you know, that's easy to happen in a relationship where we get too comfortable with somebody and, and maybe we forget to pay a compliment or, 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 or appreciate them. And, uh, you know, what have you appreciated or respected um, so far this day? Um, so that's really the nature of this. It's an inquiry book. Um, Debbie more than anything although it's rich in information it's it's really about asking the question of yourself that being your rites of passage yes and I I really love this approach of of inquiry Um, in some of my past shows we've really focused on how that is the method I use in teaching just about anything one that one of the the passages that really stood out for me was freedom because I hear people talk about freedom and they link it to money or they link it to free time or they link it to success. And yet you have these wonderful questions here. One question around freedom was, how is your freedom being restricted or denied by yourself or another. Mm. Really, really good because we don't tend to think that we restrict ourselves. Oh, massively. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, my goodness me, you know, it's um, it comes to our identity, our self-worth, um, our self-talk. You know, there's many things. I mean, we are the really the, the, the master and the, the jailer of our own freedom fundamentally because, I mean, you can be as free as a bird in a relatively limited situation because your mind is expansive and you're accepting of what's going on or you you can have every you know money all the money in the world kind of thing as a as a famous or or a successful business person and 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 feel that you're trapped yeah so yeah freedom is is definitely starts with your attitude to yourself and to life in general. It really does start there. It was shocking to me to realize that 
it it wasn't my income or my career or how well I got along with my family that would give me freedom. It it had a lot more to do with how do I let my doubts sabotage my freedom because my freedom is here and and I often give it away to a doubt or I'll give it away to um, just an old patterning that long since didn't serve me. And I, I know this is something that many of us deal with. I, as I was going through uh, the, the newsletter and getting replies, this is one that really stuck out for me. Uh, it's from Chris. And it, I think it's a bit around freedom and challenge, but you let me know what you think here, Ian. Chris is talking about the note, it is very long note, so I'm going to do a little paraphrasing here, but he's talking about the notion that his in laws and wife and kids all hosted a 50th birthday party for him. And he said during the day, I saw my wife playing in a sandbox that my father-in-law had set up for our youngest. My wife was beautiful as always in her sundress and laughing while little Lewis kicked sand everywhere. Did this bother her? No. The food was wonderful as always. And what did I do on my birthday? I sat there practically dead, worrying about getting old. I don't know what has happened to me lately. It's not COVID-19. It's not the election. It's not my failing stocks. It started about two years ago. These sharp pains in my knees from skiing, I guess, or the sharp pain in my back. Would that be too much time at the computer? My wife, although she is 10 years younger than me, she just keeps getting sexier and brighter. But I've turned into a bewildered, dead stump. Of course, I've been reflecting. But why is 50 so hard? Or is it something else? Mm. Well, well, I absolutely honor Chris for, for sending that in. That's, that's, uh, you know, that's an incredibly brave thing to do and okay. um, share that. But also, again, it shows you know, this is the kind of conversation that is, you know, is so important. Um, Within the book, there, there is a section on self-care and on death and uh, on legacy. And I, I can say, because I'm a man of 60 who's had 13 knee operations. And, and quite honestly, you know, I'm still sexy. Yes. <laughs> In my mind, anyway, even if I, I may not be otherwise. But, um, you know, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. And I think it's an opportunity, Chris, and uh, you know, to... Really, just to yeah, just to maybe it's time to to break out to the new level because honestly, life at fifty, there's plenty more to go. Believe me, and maybe it's just an opportunity to to have a look, to take some time out for yourself, to to give yourself some time to you know to look after your body, you know, to reassess, maybe to find something new, maybe it's an opportunity to grow, because it sounds like there's a bit of a comfort zone thing that's been going on for a while, and mm. definitely you can take this as a, an opportunity for change and transformation, because that's what's happening, something is being called 
to being let go of. Uh, and it's not like that, you know, we're going to be a teenager running around because you're coming into your wisdom years, Chris, indeed. So it's it's like something is calling for a, for a shedding and, and, and something new. And, uh, and it sounds to me that maybe, you know, it, it is time to jump in the sandbox, not necessarily literally, but to do something that, that just invigorates you a little bit more. Um, and have a look, you know, there may, you know, for the knees and joints and things, I can say that, you know, my an alkaline diet, um, but also an attitude of, of not worrying about things. Because worry produces cortisol and happiness produces DHEA and serotonin. So feed what brings you joy. You know, maybe that you've been stopping something that you really used to like to do. You know, have a look at what would have brought you joy in your early years and, and maybe bring some of that back into your life again. Um, because certainly, you know, we can we can get old with a glint and a twinkle in our eyes. We don't have to uh, have to go there creaking and groaning. You know, we can shift our attitude. And and certainly, I think it was Norman uh, Cousins who wrote a book about this. You know, um, I forget the name. Um something from a patient's perspective, the anatomy of illness from a patient's perspective. And he found out that watching funny movies relieved pain. So bring the more humor you have and can bring into your life, the more joy, then that those joints can well, could well start to get oiled from within, from your, <laughs> your attitude of happiness. So I, I really encourage you to be kind to yourself. Give yourself some time uh, out to look after yourself. Go in the man cave. Uh, take some self-care, you know, pamper yourself a bit, but have some fun. Yes, have some fun. I'm so glad you told him. I, I don't think it would have landed as well if I had. <laughs> and I, I do want to encourage you, Chris, to keep writing because I just find that anytime, anytime you put your pen to paper, boy, I just I love following your blog and I was thrilled mm. to see that you you wrote in today and shared what was on your mind and and kind of making its way through your body. We have run out of time, but I am going to have to have Ian back. There's so much more we can talk about. Ian, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. And we will find you at ianlynch.net. And those cards will be out soon. You can follow my Facebook page to see more links. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today and for subscribing to Story U. That's Story Capital U Talk Radio. Until we, we meet again next week, namaste, my friends. <laughs>